The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Today's message is pre-recorded. We will not be taking phone calls today. progress, where we talk about this journey that we're on from that city of destruction to the celestial city. I have many things today that I want to share with you, that I want to open the doors of understanding, even as I'm walking through them. As many of you know, who've been listening, I've been standing by faith, and it appeared that today would be the last day we would be on this broadcast because we've simply not been able to walk through the financial barrier. I received an email. I want to read it for you. Hello, Pastor Ray. I'm sorry to hear of your struggle. I'm now an atheist and no longer rely on God that has been elusive. The number of good and bad things have not changed in my life, so I no longer believe things are controlled by a God. Maybe this life is the only life we have, and many throw it away. Something to think about. Good wishes. Harry. You know, I received that... that message, that email. My heart broke. Because I know that the God of heaven is trustworthy. I know he opens doors where no man can close. And he closes doors that no man can open. I received another one. Let me share this with you. This writer says, Pastor, God is totally unfair. I think you're brainwashed and you have a false hope. I can't let that stand. I thank many of you who have been emailing me and calling and saying, Pastor, is there any way you can stay on air? Is there any way this broadcast can continue? I've learned that in my extremity is when God comes and he speaks. So, I'm announcing today that by the grace of God, he has opened the way for us to continue. Let me tell you how. A party has given half of the cost of radio for the month of November, December, and January. So half of the expense is covered for the next three months. That leaves the other half. And I've spent much time in prayer and just waiting before God, and then these other emails came. I spoke with Dear brothers and sisters at the National Prayer Chapel, and we recognize that it's calling for us to literally lay our lives down for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm absolutely willing to do that. And many of my brothers and sisters are willing to do that. And so we're going to stand by the grace of God that tomorrow we can make a payment for the month of November. Now, that's utterly impossible. Half of it is paid, but the other half is not. Now, I'm sharing all of this with you not as fundraising. I'm, I'm sharing it with you because I want you to see the inside of the struggle 
to come up to faith, to get a foundation of faith upon which to stand. And so through many tears, time in the prayer closet, the Lord has lifted up before me people like I just read their email messages. He's lifted up before me the desperate need for the word to go forth. Am I willing to lay everything on the line for that? Yes, as soon as I knew that it was God's command to go forward, I could take a stand on that foundation of faith. And one of the principles that I've walked with is that the Lord must pay the way. I'm not going to beg people for money. I'm not going to conjole and convince. I'm going to stand. I'm going to stand. So that's where we're at. I'm going to dive today back into the book, Reese Howell's Intercessor, by Norman Grubb, and I've already chosen a new book. We'll finish this book by Norman Grubb uh, probably tomorrow, and Friday we'll start with a new book, and I'm choosing ones that will lay the foundation in story form for you to be able to stand by faith and understand what it means. So if you'd like to call, you're welcome to call 877 877- Five three four zero seven eight zero. If you'd like to respond, you're welcome to. Uh, could I ask our producer Eric to get the uh, call set up so that I can receive calls? Because that's not up. He'll set that up for you, and you're welcome to call. Um, I'm also going to ask him to quickly. Um, put on a piece of music. Um, The piece of music that I want him to play is Then the Red Sea Parted. And that'll give him time to get the call commander up. But the Red Sea is parting. And we're going to go through.
faith for 22 years absolutely by faith for my daily sustenance I had no salary my wife had no salary we walked by faith God led us in miraculous ways bringing healing to our bodies restoring us providing the finances for the National Prayer Chapel everything was provided but then In May, May 10 of 2010, my precious wife died. That was an intense blow to my heart. It was like an axe cutting through me. And after that, I struggled. Can I still walk by faith? Can I still trust God? Slowly over the last two and a half years, the answer has come by degrees. I didn't stop preaching. I didn't turn away from the Lord. I didn't bring any accusation against him. I'd had no bitterness in my heart. But my heart was totally broken. And I asked, can I still trust and walk by faith? Or has suddenly everything shifted and I'm on sinking ground and then as I came on this broadcast at the Lord's command and then as it seemed that we would have to leave the air today it was another mighty blow to me can I trust God to walk by faith and finally I said okay Lord I'll leave the air but spent much time praying through that And said, I need to see what you want. And I began to come through again with the understanding that we must have a foundation upon which to stand. It's clear to me now. And it's taken time for this clarity to ring like a bell in my heart. That it was the will of the Lord to take my wife home. I don't understand why. He doesn't explain why questions to me. He simply says, will you trust me? Will you go through what I ask you to go through? Will you walk day by day with your hands lifted up, even when everything is turned against you? 
And so with the radio, I finally said, Lord, I lift my hands up to you. It looks like another failure of faith. But when you bring what appears to be a failure, you're saying to me, step up higher. Put more trust. Depend more on Jesus. Until I finally came to a place where I just cried out to the Lord and said, Lord, I totally depend upon you. And if you want the broadcast to stop, if you want Pilgrim's Progress off the air, then I want it off the air. I'm going to agree with you. But how do I stand? And I didn't find a firm standing place. I've been washed this way and that, and the battle has been intense. But finally, beginning with the gift to cover the half of the radio broadcast, I had to go back to the Lord and say, Lord, is that you? And then when I got these emails saying, you can't trust God, I knew then beyond any question that we were facing an intense battle in the spirit. And as I prayed it through last night, I gained that firm foundation to stand on and come today and tell the radio station, we're going to stand. We're going to stand. The Red Sea is parting. Now, the Red Sea has not yet totally parted. The wind is blowing. And I'm going to stand by faith that the Red Sea has parted. And I'm going to go back in every respect to simply standing on the foundation God has given me. You see, he's made many promises to me. And I've given all of those promises back to God and said, Lord, I'm not going to hold you to those promises. But if it's your work you're interested in, and I know it is, then I'm going to stand by faith. If I told some of you what those promises were, you would not be able to stand with me because you have not taken that place of intercession. Suffice it to say, God has promised a great revival. He's promised churches full of men and women weeping before God and repenting for their sins and turning from wickedness. I stand by faith for that. He's given me specifics in terms of where that will take place geographically. I'm not going to talk about that today. But I have a firm foundation that I'm standing on for this radio broadcast. And the fight is on. And I'm going to let you... I'm going to let you watch that battle. Because I want you to find a firm foundation for what God is facing you with. And to encourage you to then stand and not be swayed, not be pushed by circumstances. I can't tell you how many times I've stood and stood and stood. And everything looked as though it were collapsing in a failure. And in the last hour of extremity, after it's already too late, God comes with great power and delivers. See, I can't talk glibly about these things because they're my everyday experience. I don't know how to do anything but depend on Jesus. So today I come depending on Jesus for this broadcast. I come depending on Jesus to bring conviction to your heart and to turn you toward heaven. Our number in studio is 877-534-0780. You're welcome to call. Now I'm going to go directly to the chapter in Reese Howell's Intercessor by Norman Grubb, the chapter entitled Intercession for Dunkirk. When we look back now after these years, many in Britain still recall the terror of those days. This is dated May 30, 
1940. Remembering the miracle of Dunkirk, acknowledged by various leaders to be an intervention from God, the calm sea allowing the smallest boats to cross, the almost complete evacuation of English troops. And then the lead Mr. Churchill gave to the nation. How thankful we are that God had this company of hidden intercessors, those whose lives were on the altar day after day as they stood in the gap for the deliverance of Britain. Then there's the Battle of Britain. And as that battle is finished, September 14 of 1940, Mr. Churchill wrote in his war memoirs, that September 15 was the culminating date in the Battle of the Air. He tells how he visited the operations room at the RAF that day and watched as the enemy squadrons poured over and his own countrymen went up to meet them. The moment came when he finally asked the air marshal, what other reserves do we have? There are none, he answered, and reported afterwards, how grave Mr. Churchill had looked. And well, I might, added the Prime Minister. Then around five minutes passed, and it appeared that the enemy was going home. The shifting of the discs on the table showed a continuous eastward movement of the German bombers and fighters. No new attack appeared. In another ten minutes, the action was ended. There seemed to be no reason why the German aircraft should have turned for home just at the moment when victory was in their grasp. But we know why. After the war, the air marshal, Lord Dowling, commander-in-chief of fighter command in the Battle of Britain, made this revealing observation. Even during the battle, one realized from day to day how much external support was coming in. At the end of the battle... One had the feeling that there had been some special divine intervention to alter some sequence of events which otherwise would have occurred. Now I can tell you, out of my own experience and out of what you have watched me struggle through with radio, just, just at the moment it was needed, the divine power of God came into the hearts of a dear one who said, I'll give half of next month's radio. When does that happen? It hasn't happened in the last year. But it happened. It could just as easily have been for the whole amount. But the Lord doesn't work that way usually, especially when the test is on. Usually he gives enough deliverance to encourage us to continue the battle so that we can walk through. And right now, this is the battle I'm walking through. This is the burden on my heart that this word of the gospel can go forth in this capital city of Washington, D.C., when the Antichrist power is arising, when we're facing an election of momentous consequences, when one man has sided totally on the side of the left, on the side of fascism, with communist background, Supporting abortion, supporting persecution of the church. You think just because it's the Catholic church that's getting hit now over contraceptives, you think your church won't be next? Don't be silly. We are facing in this nation a momentous battle. Now, do I like George Romney or Mitt Romney? No, I don't. I have many problems with him. But I tell you, the fast pace of the rise of the Antichrist will be slowed if Mitt Romney is elected president. 
he will slow down the rise of this dark power that is taking over Western, the Western nations. The resurgence of the Roman Empire. Now, I'm not trying to be political. I'm looking at this through spiritual eyes. I loved what Tony Evans said yesterday in his broadcast. Could I share his story? He said there was a shoemaker. And the shoemaker was closing up his shop. It was five o'clock. It was time to close. And just then a man came rushing into his shop and he said, oh, sir, could you please fix my shoes? And the shoekeeper said, I'm sorry, but I'm closed. And the man said, but I was just in the parking lot. I'm the only car parked out there. So whoever's coming to give you a ride is not here yet. Could you fix my shoes? The man said, no, I'm closed. You see those staircase over there? That winding little narrow stair? Yes. Well, that's where I live. I live up there. I just work down here. I heard that story and I was astonished. Tony Evans used that in the context of saying, look, you just work down here. But you live up above. We're aliens and strangers in this land. So vote what says the king of kings. Vote your country's decision, not down here where we work. The vote will be a spiritual vote. If you vote for abortion, if you vote for persecution of the church, If you vote for lying, if you vote for not taking care of our servicemen, as in Benghazi, where there was a stand-down order given by the president, if you vote for a president who will not protect the troops, God will hold you accountable, and his deeds will be upon your head. What I'm trying to share with you out of this book is the struggle that went on in the prayer closet against Nazism. Nazism is not rising again. This time we see that Nazism was simply a trial run by the devil. And now the darkness of the final struggle is upon us. And you get to be a part of that final struggle. And your vote against Obama will slow down the arise of the Antichrist power. So I urge you to be faithful. And vote from up above, not from down here. Now, Tony Evans is a black man. So I'm specifically using him so you will not charge me with racism. This is not about race. The National Prayer Chapel is a mixed congregation of people from Spanish, from black, from South American, from Caucasian. It's a mix of all peoples. So it's not about racism. It's about morality. It's about righteousness. It's about holiness. Now I want to read for you chapter 36. Victory in the Battle of Britain saved the country from invasion, but the enemy sought to recompense himself by heavier indiscriminate night bombing, which continued into 1941. In January of that year, this constant bombing of Britain became a prayer burden at the college until it reached a crisis. I feel much more strongly today, said Mr. Howells in the January 20 meeting, that God has stopped me from praying more for this town than for the country. He tells me if there are air raids are going to be repeated, I cannot guarantee you will be safe. So come and pray them out of the country. And I said to him, you protect us now until we get a chance to come up and believe you. 
Now, please understand, it takes time to come up to faith when God gives us even a foundation upon which to stand. You've watched me in the midst of the struggle as I've been coming up to faith. He gave me a foundation to stand on. I had to come up to faith. Today was the final battle and I fought it out in my prayer closet this morning before coming to this place. The battle raged. The devil saying to me, Pastor, you need to rest. You're tired. Why don't you just pull back? Financially, the National Prayer Chapel will be fine if you just pull back. Things will be tight, but you'll be all right. So just pull back. Take some time to rest. Take some time to pray, Pastor. The lying devil. It's a wonderful thing to take time to pray. But not when God said go to work. It's a wonderful thing to rest. But not when the enemy is coming over the wall. And believe me, in the coming months, we're going to see things we've never imagined could happen in America We're going to see a total collapse of the American dollar. That's already been assured. Mathematically, it's impossible for the economy of America to recover. We will see that total collapse. And as that happens, many of you are going to lose your jobs. Do you have the faith to stand and believe that God can feed you and and make your mortgage payment in, in spite of your financial situation? Some of you are out of work today. Do you have a foundation upon which to stand that God will open the way for that job that he's chosen for you? The battle is on. And you are a part of the last day battle against the Antichrist power that even now is arising. Go back and read some of the writings of Dietrich Bonhoeffer and of other great Christian men who stood in opposition to Nazism. Dietrich Bonhoeffer paid with his life. He was executed by the Nazis. This wonderful, wonderful pastor who wrote so eloquently of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The book Life Together has been a precious gift to my heart. It has ordered my steps so many times. Cheap grace. I mean, this man has written so eloquently in opposition to cheap grace. He was a Presbyterian pastor. But most of the churches did not stand in Germany against Hitlerism. They thought they should accommodate. They thought they should appease. Even today, many churches across America will not stand against homosexuality will not stand against transgenderism, will not stand against abortion, will not stand against the persecution of the Catholic Church with contraceptives. Many churches across America are doing the same thing the churches did when they were faced with Nazism. They appeased. They accommodated I'm sorry, there is no appeasement in my heart and there's no accommodation. And I'm going to come to this radio station as long as God opens the way and I will cry out against the wickedness of our government. I will cry out against the wickedness of our churches. I'll cry out against the wickedness of men and women and call you to righteousness, to innocence, to purity, to use the weapons of the kingdom of God. To bring conviction by the power of the Spirit to turn you toward repentance. I make no apology for this. It's my desire to see you surrender your heart and your life to Jesus Christ. And walk clean before him by the power of his blood. To not walk in sin but to walk clean and pure. I will not compromise this. I ask you please join together with me. Don't Compromise, don't appease the new world order as it arises. We're seeing the looting of the American people. 
Jobs are being shipped overseas. Now I understand that that Jeep is to be shipped to China, this all-American vehicle that literally helped win the Second World War, shipping it to China for manufacturing. It's ugly. It's unreasonable. It's sin. These trade agreements, this printing of dollars and making it up out of thin air, causing our dollars to lose their value, It's all a part of this new world order that is arising. It's time to pray. It's time to stand up. It's time to be counted. Let's go back to this story. Ten days were spent in prayer. And then on January 28, 1941, the journal stated, Believed for the protection of the country. Do you believe that a small company of people, maybe a hundred, two hundred people, can pray and stop a war? Do you believe they can pray in the prayer closet, touch the physical realm? Now I tell you, I measure, I measure a man and a woman before God based on whether or not they can go in the prayer closet and touch the throne of God and have the physical realm reverse its course. If you can't do that, it's because either you're still a child and you need to grow up or it's because there's sin in your heart and God won't hear your prayers. So after these 10 days of praying, they finally receive the foundation upon which to stand. And they stand on that foundation. And they begin to pray, prompted by the Holy Spirit, Lord, turn the enemy down to the Mediterranean and thus relieve the pressure on Britain by turning Hitler's attention in another direction. Just over two months later, on April 6th, the war was declared by Hitler on Yugoslavia and Greece. This was followed by the invasion of Crete and North Africa. With these new commitments, the enemy was obligated to turn from the destruction of Britain. And so the immediate crisis for England passed over. The next prayer was greater still. We suppose nothing gave the world a bigger shock though the whole course of the war than when without warning Hitler swung around and invaded Russia. If anything was seen to be an intervention of God to help the Allies, it was that. The secular paper spoke of it in the words of the pagan proverb, whom the gods would destroy they first make mad. That decision of Hitler was reckoned as one of the great acts of divine intervention which spelled the doom of the Nazis. The invasion of Russia started at 4 a.m. on June 22, 1941. By seven weeks prior, but seven weeks prior on May 2, God had begun to speak to Mr. Howells about Russia. He had said that day, much as we long to see the war finished, it seems that God is saying there is one country more I want to bring judgment on, and that is communist Russia. And again on the next day, Russia came before me. Is it right for Stalin and his Stalin and his followers to escape? If God gives us the choice, would we tell him to prolong the war although we are losing on every point? And again we ask the Lord to weaken Russia and Japan, even if it means prolonging the war for five years. Can't the Lord turn the enemy's drive into Russia? If God does not deal with Russia now, he will have to make another war to do so. I say he ought to bring Russia into it, no matter how long it will take, unless he has another way to get at these communists. Do you understand? The level of prayer is at such a high level in this little intercessory group that the Holy Spirit used them in the battle that God was waging against the ungodly. And it was God's desire to punish Russia. Do you think it is not God's desire to punish China for what they have done to his people? 
Do you think it is not God's desire to punish Japan for their past sins? To deal with them because of their rejection of the gospel of Jesus? Do you think it is not God's will that Europe, that has totally denied the Lord, should be left to go free? Or America, that has killed 70 million babies? Do you think God is going to allow America to push its homosexual agenda? Do you think God is going to allow this? I tell you no. But I also have to tell you that the Republican and Democratic platform is a foundation, is a basis for the full judgment of God to come upon this nation. My cry before God is slow it down that more people could turn and be be brought into the kingdom of heaven. And so when I say don't vote for President Obama, vote for Romney, I'm simply saying that on the basis of the Lord has told me that if the if Romney wins, it will slow down the arise of Antichrist. You see, when we become prayer intercessors and we truly walk with the Lord, I'm not talking about prayer warriors. I'm talking about people who are willing to lay their life down before God. Those precious prayer intercessors who lay their life humbly before the Lord are then ordered by the Holy Spirit on how to pray. And then God moves in the physical realm. From this time there became the main prayer of the college. Lord, bring Russia into the war and deal with communism. Six weeks later, Russia had come in, but very soon the danger was of another kind. Russia was in, but after a few short weeks, was facing imminent collapse, and the German hordes poured into that country. How well we remember the anxiety with which the free world watched the gradual disintegration of the Russian armies, and constantly closer the approach of the Nazis to Moscow. It was a race with winter. It was a repetition of the famous invasion of Napoleon. Hitler proclaimed that he would succeed where Napoleon had failed and winter in an intact Moscow. Would he? Did anybody in these tense times believe he would not? Hitler's armies were almost at the gate of the city on Sunday, October 19, 1941. Mrs. Howells relates that very morning Mr. House told her he would go down and hear the seven o'clock news to see if Moscow had fallen. When he came back, he reported it had not fallen, but they were expecting the bad news at any moment. A few minutes after that, the Lord began to speak to him. Is there any need for Moscow to fall? Why don't you pray and believe for me to save Moscow and give a setback to the Nazis? Dr. Kenneth G. Simmons who was a member of the college staff for a number of years, tells us of the meeting that Sunday morning. The director opened his message by saying that the first thing the Lord had told him that morning was pray that Moscow will not fall. It seemed ridiculously impossible, for we had heard that its fall was inevitable. But although the prayer was so far beyond us, yet the Spirit laid it upon us. It seemed that he prayed in the Spirit of us, So we travailed all day until late in the meeting that night when he so inspired through us his servant that we had the assurance that God was answering. The Lord gave liberty to pray that the Nazis might be utterly overthrown in a Russian winter. We shall never forget the joy of victory he gave us as faith mounted up. The second day the news was that the Russians had taken fresh courage that the snow was beginning to fall heavily in some parts. Four days later in the meeting, Mr. Howell said, I say now, thus saith the Lord, he, Hitler, is wintering in the Russian snows. We all know the end of the story. Moscow never fell. And Goring, recounting later the misfortune of that winter, stated that three million 
of the flower of the Nazi army perished in the snow. We're going to take a quick call and then we're going to come right back. Earlette, welcome. What would you like to share? Oh, thank you. I just say praise the Lord, Pastor Ray, so your voice will go forward still. I was just so grateful and relieved to Abba Father to hear that he's made a way for you. The Lord has begun to make a way. I'm standing by faith that he'll make the way complete. Exactly, exactly. And the Red Seed Parted song had more meaning even, right, today? Yes, it did. (laughs) Yes. But just be blessed, and and we're out here. We're we're listening. We're, we're what you just verbalized about, you know, Obama. We're, we've been thinking it, knowing it. And you have the conviction and, and the Holy Spirit behind you that you'll say it, whether whether people want to hear it or not. It's a battle now, Earlette, as the as the final crisis arises across the world and it is now arising yes yes the beast power is ascending and it will soon be fully formed and visible to everyone Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah we can see it shaping up if you're looking through spiritual eyes you know even if you're looking through financial eyes Mm -hmm. the eyes of a businessman Right, exactly. It's it's the Bloomberg report. It's the Wall Street Journal. It's the most reputable economist that we have in the nation. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I okay. heard I heard one man this morning being interviewed. I won't name him, but he was very bold in saying that China, Japan, America, and Europe will all collapse. Econ- economically, that their currencies will all collapse mm-hmm. very soon. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll be praying uh, that, you know, and it was wonderful in a way that it's half because that gives an opportunity for another and others to step up for the other half, right? Yes. Yes. So, Earl, well, keep praying. Okay. God bless you today and always. Thank you. Thank you. Keep, keep staying on the air. We're, we're out here. Thank you. Bye bye. I'm grateful for her her trust and her confidence. And I ask you to just stand with me. And what I mean is the war is on. The war is on. It's not about radio. This is just one small little voice that God can use to broadcast a confrontation to the new world order as it arises. And I pray that I'll soon be able to bring in some special guests who will address this issue with you from different parts of the country who will address this issue and confront it with me. But we have to open our eyes and know the day in which we live. The second day, the news was that the Russians had taken fresh courage that the snow was falling. And Reese Howell said, thus saith the Lord. He, Hitler, is is wintering in the Russian snows. And he was right. Over three million German men, the flower of the Nazi army, perished in that snow. The Germans could have taken Moscow those days virtually without a struggle. Why they turned back is a mystery only the Germans themselves can solve for history. Moscow was laying before them. All they had to do was move forward. Instead, they pulled back in the snow and they died. God now began to turn the prayers of the college in yet another direction. With the Nazis marching through Yugoslavia and Greece and capturing Crete, With the mints of Rommel and the Italians growing in North Africa, prayer began to be centered on the Bible lands. This was really one of the main burdens of prayer at the college because long before God had revealed to them that this was not just a European war, but that through it, in the determined counsel and foreknowledge of God, the Jewish people would return to Palestine. The gospel go out to every creature. And the Savior would return. 
Thus, as soon as the Bible land seemed to be in danger of invasion, God turned their prayers in that direction. I am sure, said Mr. Howells, the enemy will never touch Palestine, Syria, and Iraq. The area of greatest imminent danger was North Africa, with the appearance of Rommel and the German armored divisions there. The menace to Egypt became grave, and if Egypt fell, the door was wide open to Palestine. Again, we remember those dark days when Rommel had driven back our armies and was almost knocking on the gates of Alexandria. Unless God will intervene on behalf of Palestine, said Mr. Howells on July 4, 1942, there will be no safety there for the Jews. The Bible lands must be protected because it is to those lands the Savior will come back. If I had the choice today, I would say to God, take all I have, but preserve Palestine. We want to say to God today, unless there's a special reason for Egypt to fall, don't let Alexandria be taken, but give Rommel a setback. Can I carry the same burden today for Alexandria as I would if Swansea were being attacked? It was a Saturday. It was not usual to pray on Saturday afternoons, but that day the college was called to spend the afternoon in prayer for God to save Alexandria and turn the tide in North Africa. It was a heavy burden, but very great liberty in prayer. In the meeting that evening, Mr. Howell said, Is this prayer we prayed this afternoon of the Holy Ghost that the enemy is not to take Alexandria? I'm speaking to all of you who took a real part in the prayers against the enemy, praying him down to the Mediterranean, praying him to Russia, keeping him out of Moscow. Is this prayer of the Holy Spirit? If it is, we can be sure of the enemy not taking Alexandria as the people will be when they hear it. Well, I'm going to move forward with this tomorrow. And we're going to finish this book. I want to say to you very boldly. You are invited to participate in the final battle of earth's history. You are urged. Stand and pray. Repent of your sins. And turn to Jesus now. Forget about yourself. There's a battle to be won. And then Jesus will come. God bless you. I'll talk to you soon.